Does Monday at the office feel like a storm? Not with Microsoft Copilot. That feeling when Copilot gets everyone up to speed instantly? It's sunny again. When Copilot simplifies complex data so your teams can act, that sun's shining on a beach. And when Copilot uncovers hidden insights, you're on that beach with your people and you find buried treasure. That's Microsoft Copilot. Learn more at Microsoft.com slash AI for all. First, the bad news. SAP Business AI won't help you generate cubist versions of your family's holiday photos. But it will help you understand which supplier is best to help you roll out your plant-based packaging in Southeast Asia. Or identify the training your junior project manager needs to rise up the ranks. And automate repetitive tasks while you focus on big innovations. So you can be ready for the next opportunity. Revolutionary technology. Real-world results. That's SAP Business AI. This episode is brought to you by Paramount+. Plus. An unlikely friendship begins in the Paramount Plus original movie, Little Wing, starring Brooklyn Prince with Kelly Riley and Brian Cox. Reeling from her parents' divorce, Caitlin steals a valuable bird to save her home, but instead forms a bond with the owner, leading to a new outlook on life. Little Wing, now streaming exclusively on Paramount+. Plus. Head to ParamountPlus.com to try it free. Rated PG-13. Hello, my name is Neil Cosser. I run thisdaymusic.com. Uh, if you like music history and you like music, have a look at the website. It's full of trivia and facts. You can also see which song was number one on the day you were born, because I love listening to set listing. And welcome to a new episode of Set Lusting Bruce, your podcast all about Bruce Springsteen, his music, and mostly his fans. I am your host, Jesse Jackson. And joining me tonight is uh, a Bruce bud uh, named Dan. Dan, welcome to the show. How you doing, Jesse? I am doing great. Um, you know, I pick, uh, kind of pulling back the curtain, um, Dan had uh, reached out to me and said, you know, 
I've kind of uh, had, I've been working on what are my favorite Bruce Springsteen songs, and I've been listening to your podcast, and he sent me this beautiful write-up, and I read just barely a few sentences, and I said, nope, got to stop. This is going to make too good of an episode, so I didn't want to be spoiled. So I'm kind of looking forward to, after we talk, I could go back and look at your um you know, your kind of write up and enjoy it. Uh, so um, thanks for joining me. Sure, yes. Yeah, it's, it's great to talk to you. It should be a lot of fun. Yeah. So uh, tell us a little about yourself. Uh, well, I'm uh, born in Northeast Philadelphia, born and raised. I live just outside of Philly now. Um, so uh, we are uh, anticipating tonight our uh, hopefully last big snowstorm of the season. It's kind of. <laughs> struggling through that. Um, but, um, you know, I just grew up a uh, big sports fan and kind of got into Bruce through, uh, my older brother. Um, it's kind of really how I discovered music. Um, and that's kind of what I, you know, started to write about how that was kind of my, you know, impetus, I guess, for, uh, for discovering music and Bruce and kind of led me down that road at a pretty young age. Yeah, that's interesting. So, um, I take where uh, take it very happy with the way the Super Bowl worked out. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, for sure. That's uh, it was pretty amazing. Uh, it's one of those things that uh, you know, there's people up here that never really thought they would live to see the Eagles actually win a Super Bowl. So it was uh, it was definitely exciting. I mean, this city is uh, pretty sports crazed. So um, it is. It was, and, uh, <laughs> you know, it's it, what's kind of funny, Dan is. Um, my, uh, I've got, you know, I, one of my best friends is a Giants fan, and obviously I moved to Dallas in 86, so kind of became a Cowboy fan because it's in the water here. Yep. Uh, you know, I yep. mean, it is, um, and then my son was born in 89. Very quick to tell you he was a Landry baby. Um, cause Jerry Jones didn't fire him until he was two weeks old. Um, so, uh, he, and so a lot of people said, well, you know, you gotta be pulling for the Patriots, right? I, you know, it's Philly. You can't be cheering for Philly. And I said, um, thanks to doing the podcast, I have dozens if not hundreds of philly fans that are also bruce fans and i said so for their sake you know i'm kind of hoping they win and there was a little <laughs> bit what i can't believe but it it is um because you know bruce is so strong there in you know philly jersey new york um, I, I just, it, it seemed the right thing to do. So, uh, congratulations. I'm glad for you guys. Um, now we'll see if the Cowboys can get their behinds ahead and make it competitive, make the NFC East competitive. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we'll see. Well, it's always fun when the, you know, it's a fun rivalry and, uh, it is. you know, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, Philly is a, it's a great Bruce town too. I mean, you know, yeah. I'm sure, you know, he made, uh, made a lot of bones here when he was, when he was very young and uh, done some, he always seems to take it to another level here at some of the shows. And some of them I've gotten a chance to be be uh, a part of. So it was, uh, it was, uh, he's got a pretty good history here. That's for sure. 
Yeah, so uh, I always like to start out with your musical origin story. So talk to me, Dan, about growing up. You said you grew up in the Philly area. Uh, what kind of family, uh, you know, what kind of music did your family listen to um, growing up? Yeah, um, and it's, it's kind of interesting. The way that I wrote this thing that I sent you, I kind of track it like that from the beginning kind of up until the, the present day. But um, So I'm kind of looking at it now. But, uh, yeah, growing up, um, and my, I'm the youngest of five, so, um, you know, and I'm 44 now. So, you know, I grew up, um, I guess, the mid-'80s is when I kind of came of age and started to realize what was going on out there in the world. Um, but my parents are a lot older. My parents are they're both still around, fortunately, and they're in their approaching their late eighties now. So they were, you know, rock and roll was, was not their thing. They were, you know, Glenn Miller and big band. And, you know, my mom was kind of into country, Kenny Rogers and stuff like that. So, um, so I got into music through my older brother, Tom mainly who, um, you know, just kind of looking through his albums on the line around the living room floor and, you know, coming across Bob Dylan and the stones and, and, um, uh, and mainly Bruce, you know, who was his favorite and his, uh, his crew of friends. It was, uh, it was, Bruce was always kind of, you know, they had a little garage band that they made a lot of noise in, and, but Bruce was always their favorite. So, you know, of course he eventually became my favorite too. <laughs> hey, yeah. I was curious, Dan, that, um, so he's your bigger brother. How many siblings do you have? Uh, I have, uh, well, I have three older brothers. My, my oldest brother passed away a few years ago. Um, and then I have a sister, and then I have um, two other brothers. So three brothers and a sister. Um, I'm the youngest um, of five. And I guess the closest one in age to me is 10 years older than me. So it's kind of like a pretty big gap there. Um, um, but, uh, I, always, I always think that's interesting because um, I don't know how much of the podcast you've listened to, but we, we talk a lot about siblings and how um, – if you're the older sibling, you influence your younger siblings. If you're a younger sibling, you are influenced one way or another by your older siblings. Sometimes you rebel against what music mm -hmm. they like and you find your own. Other times you embrace what your, um, you know, your older siblings would do. So um, I'm 10 years older than my brother as well. Um, and okay. so we have this kind of, I'm the oldest, um, and you know, for some weird reason, my parents five years apart it, between my sister and then my sister to my brother. Um, so, you know, very different, um, growing up, different taste in music and finding that. So, um, I could imagine, and, and I'm thinking of that scene with, um, almost famous right where the his sister leaves and leaves the albums and he starts looking through them uh that's, yeah that's, absolutely yeah yep. th that's very cool um did um so had you always known about bruce or was there something that kind of what made you kind of connect with him yeah, well, that's that's kind of kind of odd, an odd thing too. I mentioned uh, in this this thing I wrote about kind of discovering Bruce. Um, I had really never paid much attention to music, to be honest with you, until I was about twelve years old, and it was actually in uh, the summer of nineteen eighty five when Live Aid happened. 
Okay. And, um, and uh, as we know, Bruce didn't perform at Live Aid, but but uh, there were you know most of the kids I hung around with in my neighborhood were a little bit older than I was, and they were into music and you know kind of into the whole day. Um, and I remember there being a buzz that you know I remember Dick Clark you know saying there's rumors about Bruce closing out the show, and you know and nobody kind of it was a different world back then. You know there was no Twitter and all this, so it was you know rumors traveled a lot slower, I guess, but. Um, I remember there being anticipation that Bruce was there or going to be there. And I, and I kind of started to look forward to it. Um, and I didn't really know that much about his music. I just knew that my older brother and his friends liked him a lot. Um, and then of course he didn't play. He didn't perform. He wasn't there. And I was kind of disappointed and I started to kind of just go back and, um, you know, kind of, go through those albums and, you know, kind of lay around and listen to them myself. And then I really kind of started to, started to get it, I guess, you know, but that was kind of a, a moment that I remember just like wondering what everybody was so excited about, you know, this, <laughs> this thing called live aid and all these, you know, these bands that at the time, I didn't know why it was such a big deal that, you know, Phil Collins was on drums with Led Zeppelin and, <laughs> and stuff like that, you know? So it was, uh, it was kind of an awakening for me, I guess. You know, uh, I remember watching that and I remember the, you know, the rumor was that, you know, what if, um, you know, the Beatles may, um, you know, come back with uh, with Julian Lennon playing the part of his father. And, right. um, you know, I had not remembered that there was a Bruce rumor. Um, it is kind of strange he didn't get involved as close as he is. But I guess, um, you know, it just was a different time. Um, would have been great to see him, you know, and that would have been awesome. Uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and I, I, I read later that they actually, the, he was there. He played JFK in Philly um, shortly before that, and um, which is why he wasn't there, I guess. The, you know, the tour had pulled out of town. Um but they left his stage up, so that was actually the East Street Band stage that 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 was used that day for Live Aid. Oh wow! I had not heard that. That's pretty cool. Yeah. 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 So he was he was almost there. <laughs> so um, so as you got, you know, you're you're listening, you're thinking, and uh, you, what about him spoke to you? What about his music? Um. At that age, uh, in the beginning, uh, just, uh, I don't know at at that age. I mean, early on, I mean, to be honest with you, like I I came into Bruce at, you know, at a time when he was, you know, the biggest rock star (laughs) on, in the planet, you know what I mean? It was Bruce and Michael Jackson and Madonna, you know, so he was kind of like otherworldly. Um, so at that time, everybody liked Bruce and I, I liked him, you know, more than everybody that I knew. And, um, for me, it was just, uh, just the energy, I guess, you know, those songs on Born in the USA, like Glory Days and, um, and, you know, even like, you know, Born in the USA, of course, and just that whole album, I remember, you know, it was just, it was just something that, um, that I loved and that, you know, a lot of people liked, but I just kind of, you know, um, I guess took it to a different level at a, at a pretty young age. And then, like I said, I went back and, and, and rediscovered a lot of things and, it took me a, a few years to kind of get into some of the other, like Nebraska and things like that. But um, 
certainly by the time I was in high school, I was, you know, fully, fully on board. Yeah. Um, so you're one of those that, you know, you grew up with him and, um, Absolutely, yeah. yeah it, it's so you can't, uh, you know, I guess you can't remember a time, um, when you weren't, you know, a Bruce fan. Um, yeah, like I said, it's not yeah. not after the age of say twelve or so. <laughs> yeah, um, what um, what uh, what was the first show you went to? Uh, first time I saw Bruce was um, at the Spectrum in 1992. So that was you know the Human Touch Lucky Town. It was the other band as they're known now. <laughs> yeah. Um. Um. And uh, I, I, I had a, I, I slept out to get tickets back in the day when you had to wait in line all night to get tickets. Yeah. And um, and a buddy of mine, uh, you know, was supposed to meet me at the playground, and we we're going to go down and get Bruce tickets. And he, he never showed up, and I actually went down by myself, and and uh, and I got a ticket because I only had enough money to buy one ticket. Um, so I got a ticket. I later wound up going with. Uh, Another friend of mine that I met up with down there, but I had a seat way up in the top of the spectrum, and I saw that. Uh, I saw that show. I guess I was about eighteen or so. Um, so, uh, so that was my first one. <laughs> so, Dan, I I, um, I always like to put this caveat out there that I, I I'm a firm believer that the amount of shows you see are not a fair barometer of the depth of your fandom. Because there are people who are wonderfully passionate Springsteen fan, but because of circumstances or where they live, you know, they haven't seen that many shows. Uh, but that said, do you have a count of how many times you've seen them? I do. Um, so that was my first one. Uh, the last one, I did see Springsteen on Broadway. Um, that was my last one. Um, so that brought me to 37, 37 shows total. Very nice. Um, um Quick thoughts about Spring Scene on Broadway? Uh, yeah, I I loved it. I mean, I, I really, um, you know, I kind of, I don't know. I mean, I read the book, obviously, and I, and I kind of had a, I thought I had a feel for kind of what it would be. Um, and I, I took a pretty good guess at something, you know, I, I heard he, the number of songs he was going to play, and uh, I took a pretty good guess at, at a lot of them. Um, but it uh, it still surprised me in parts. Um, you know, it definitely is, is an emotional um, roller coaster of a show. And my my wife was in tears <laughs> within the first like ten minutes. Um, and it's and it's funny and it's just it was it was great. I mean, people um, like us who kind of know all the ins and outs of Bruce and you know the songs and everything obviously would appreciate it. But even casual fans or people who aren't fans at all, I think would like it too. It's just it's it's. Um, you know, it's pretty powerful. Yeah, I, it was funnier than I thought it would be. Um, I was lucky enough to get a ticket end of January. I flew up from Dallas to go there, and um, I nothing. I, what I've told everyone is I went in with really high expectations, and yet I still it exceeded my expectations. I, I was just amazed at um, everything that had happened and, and um, the experience. And uh, I'm like your wife. I 
I may have shed a few tears here or there. <laughs> you know. Oh, I did too. No, no doubt, I did too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. It was. It was great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Absolutely. Um, so I'm. We're going to talk a little bit more. Um. But let me know. Uh, are there favorite albums? Or you know songs with you, and then if you want to, if you want to get through your kind of share your list and what your thought about it, I'd love to hear them. Whichever's works best for you. Uh, yeah, sure. Um, I mean, albums for me, like I said, I I'm one of those guys, probably like yourself. I I like pretty much everything he's ever done. Sure. Um, um, Darkness on the Edge of Town. I mean, just. Would probably, you know, if I had to pick one, I would probably go with that. It's just an album that just, you know, always kind of spoke to me and I felt like was kind of a <laughs> companion to me for a lot of, you know, a lot of years. Mm-hmm. Um, Tunnel of Love, I think, is a, you know, a really underrated album in a lot of respects. Um, I think it's some of his best songwriting on that album. I agree. Um, so I, I would put that up there as well. Um I mean, if I had to narrow it down to a couple, those those would probably be, probably okay. be my two favorites. You know, obviously Born to Run, um, but uh, you know, those are kind of some standouts for me, I guess. Okay, that sounds yeah. So talk to me. Um, you had you had shared in your email that you had kind of written on this. What what kind of read you? What what led you to? kind of capture this in writing what what was you what were you thinking and what kind of was the origin of this uh well i mean i know you know i kind of um basically like i kind of just looking at my introduction here i was just kind of sitting around late one night this past labor day weekend you know not really sleeping too well which sometimes i don't and i started to you know look around online and read about Bruce, which is something that I do a lot. Um, and uh, I came across, you know, Rolling Stones' top 100 uh, Bruce Springsteen songs, and I started to think about it, and I said, you know, I wonder if I can narrow it down to, say, 10, you know? And it, it happened really easily for me, which kind of surprised me at first. You know, I thought that I would, you know, agonize over it because I said there's hundreds of songs that I that I love and that are, that are meaningful to me. Um and then the more I thought about it, I, I realized that the, the reason those songs kind of immediately came to me is because it was kind of like almost like a, a way of how my life unfolded and kind of the way that those songs kind of, um, I don't know, in some ways just kind of <laughs> carried me through life or like a roadmap for my life, kind of understanding where I am now, you know? So it's kind of like maybe a midlife crisis of sorts, <laughs> but, uh, you know, um, just kind of a reflective moment of looking back over all this music and uh, these 10 songs in particular that I thought were kind of a good outline for, you know, how I got to where I am. All right. So, well, um, do you want to go from 10 to 1 or 1 to 10? Uh, well, the way that I wrote it was a little bit unusual. I wrote it from 1 to 10 just because that was kind of... Okay. Um, so I guess we'll go that way, which is a little bit unusual for one of these. No, no, that's good. But... Uh, but uh, like I said, I, I, I talked about a little bit of this already. Kind of, I, I started off with number one being Born to Run, and um, I talked about kind of um, the whole Live Aid experience, which I mentioned to you, and just kind of discovering Bruce through my brother. 
and um, just kind of got into how, you know, the, as far as the song itself, just because, you know, um, I remember Bruce, I think it was in the, the liner notes for the greatest hit album, he said that, you know, Born to Run was kind of his shot at the title. Um, and, uh, yeah. you know, um, you know, in my opinion, if you stack it up there against, you know, whatever you want, something by the Stones or the Beatles or Dylan, I mean, it's, I think he can, it can hang in there for, um, you know, against any great rock anthem. So I think any list for Bruce pretty much has to, that's going to wind up at number one. <laughs> so let's yeah, just start it there. Um, okay. the, uh, secondly, I got into Thunder Road, which, um, has actually always been my favorite song personally. Um, you know, if I, if I really had to pin it all down, you know, <laughs> pick one, I, I, I think I would, I think I would probably go with that, you know, if you, if you uh, held a gun to my head. Um, and Thunder Road, like when I, when I discovered Bruce at a, at a young age, when I was 12 or 13, and, you know, I started to realize all of the kind of romantic possibilities out there in the world. Um, it it kind of really taught me a lot about what I, what I wanted out of life. You know, I didn't, I didn't want to settle for being average in, you know, my life or relationships or, or whatever, you know, I wanted to, pull out of town to win you know what i mean sure absolutely um, so that's uh that's kind of really uh a, a meaningful song to me um so that's kind of why i put that up there okay um, i also talked about in there how i met uh, they didn't meet but i kind of saw my wife for the first time at a very young age you know when i was 12 or 13 and it took me a little while to actually talk to her 18 years or so but um oh, really? that was kind of you know yeah yeah so um so just kind of discovering, you know, girls and rock and roll and all that stuff at the same time, you know, um, it can be, uh, it can be a challenge too with Bruce, you know, cause he sets a pretty high bar as far as, you know, <laughs> your, uh, romantic, um, ideals, I guess, you know what I mean? You kind of sure. think you have to have all the answers, <laughs> but, uh, so I, I guess I felt like I had a lot to live up to pretty from a very young age, but, um, that was Thunder Road. <laughs> okay. Um, Number three, I put Darkness on the Edge of Town, which I mentioned the album. The song in particular has always been very meaningful to me. Um, and um, for this kind of section of it, I got into kind of a, uh, I guess, a darker period in my own life, which was, you know, kind of my mid to late 20s when I was kind of struggling and fumbling around and I guess trying to find my place in the world, you know, after college, but before I really figured out, you know, what I was going to do with my life. Um, before I met my wife and, or, you know, before I got together with my wife and kind of got my life on track or <laughs> as much as can be, but I was kind of, uh, you know, not at a great place for, for a few years there. And, um, this is a song and the album in general, particularly the song, which kind of, you know, to me, it's always been about kind of being true to yourself and, you know, not giving up and, um, just finding um, finding a way to kind of fight through the darkness, you know what I mean? I do. Um, so that was yeah. kind of that was kind of a kind of why that song's always been important to me. Um, yeah. uh, well said. So. Um, and um, I, I I agree with that. And you know, it's amazing how different people, different songs can mean different things to other people. And, but, you know, Bruce finds us a way to work together. So, um, Absolutely. yeah. All right, what's next, sir? 
Yeah, so um, that was number three. Four, I had growing up, um, and uh, I talked about how, you know, for all my struggles in life and things like that, I I was always blessed to have a a good group of core friends um, from a very young age, guys that, you know, for the most part are really still my best friends in life. And um, just a, a song that, you know, I talked about some other songs that are friendship related, like Blood Brothers, No Surrender, and, you know, songs that might be a little bit more dramatic or maybe even melodramatic or, you know, but this song um, kind of just seems a little bit more um, appropriate, I guess, if I was looking at a way to kind of sum up my friendships with these guys, just kind of a growing up to me has always been kind of like a fun kind of messy song, you know, it might, might, might not make complete sense all the time, but it's, but the, the spirit of it seemed to kind of fit, um, with my, with my group of friends. And, uh, so I put it in there to kind of represent the friendships that I've had with, uh, you know, with my core group of friends, um, which have been, uh, you know, really meaningful for me. And it also carried me through a lot of my life. So, <laughs> so, so that was that. Very nice. Uh, um, number five, I put Rosalita. <laughs> and, um, again, getting me back to, to my friends. And, and this was just kind of, uh, you know, I mean, for the most part, I, I don't think people really, you know, I had <laughs> struggles and things like that and darkness on the edge of town. And I was kind of a brooding kind of guy or whatever. But, uh, you know, a lot of people kind of saw me as a goofball life of the party kind of guy. And, um, this song is much more representative of that, I guess, you know, people, you know, at, I used to kind of sing this song at weddings and stuff like that. And, um, you know, just being, being silly. And, uh, this song just, I'm sorry, go ahead. (laughs) No, I just was going to agree. There is such joy in that song. And, um, you know, he plays it often live, but every time you're just, you're just ecstatic. It is just, it gets you up on your seat, you know, from your, you know, from your seat. If you had, you, if you aren't in the pit and you're just clapping and dancing and just enjoying life. Exactly. Yeah. And that's exactly what I said in here. This song is just unbridled optimism and, and joy, you know, and, Absolutely. Uh, and, uh, and that's a big part of Bruce to, 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 you know, when you see him live, just that whole energy and joy. And, um, so it's just, uh, you know, that's, that's a big part of it too. You know, it's not all <laughs> yeah. serious stuff all the time. So, um, so yeah, I always love the song and it's just, you know, another kind of aspect of, of life. Like I said, this whole thing is kind of just a way to look at my life and that's, that's a part of it. You know, that's a fun part of it. So, you know, so I put um, that song in there. there is, um, I just listened to the Bruce Springsteen um, Desert Island Discs. You know, the BBC Radio has that where they interview people and you pick eight songs. And it, they use right. those eight songs as a way to kind of tell your story. Um, I I kind of thought mentally myself, you know, I could come up with eight songs, but unfortunately they'd probably all be Bruce songs. And uh, I don't know if that's <laughs> fair. And so I like what you're doing, Dan. All right, next. <laughs> We've got Rosalina. Uh, What's next on the agenda? All right. So number six, we got tougher than the rest. Um, so this is when I when I get around to finally um, talking about my wife and kind of what my life has become since then. Um, and, uh, you know, this is just uh, 
I also I mentioned some other stuff in the, in this section too about some of the friend this one particular friend I had that that passed away and um it's it's kind of hard to get into all that now but it's, there's some other things in there too but it's it's mainly this this the reason that this is in here is just because um you know it just always seems like a very um kind of profound and confident um statement to me you know it was always something that I really wanted to believe about myself and I thought was somewhere within myself. And, uh, so when I, when I finally did kind of, um, you know, meet my wife and got married and, you know, I mentioned here that pretty much the only thing I did for the wedding was put the CD together and plan the music. for the night. <laughs> um, she pretty much, <laughs> she pretty much handled everything else. Um, so, uh, you know, um, having this song on there and, you know, and playing it that night was, uh, you know, it was uh, it was um, important, I guess, to to me, and, and I think that she kind of, you know, she appreciated it too, and and I wanted everybody to know, you know, not just her, but everybody that, you know, my family and friends, and that this song was, you know, I meant what I was doing, you know what I mean? Um, so yeah, um, my son is a recent Bruce fan. He um, just recently found his way to Bruce fandom, and. Um, he had gone with me to uh, Oklahoma City to see a show, and then he went. Um, we went to uh, saw the at one of the Met um, live shows. We went to the August twenty fifth one, and um, and he just became you know a massive fan, and we bought the discs for that uh, show and um, he gave it to his girlfriend who's now his fiance and she just fell in love with it and tougher than the rest ended up being their song. Uh, okay. In fact, when he asked her to marry him, um, they were playing, he had that playing. Um, so, wow. okay. yeah, I mean, you know, so um, a lot of people think that way, right? I mean, it is, uh, and it's just a great song. And, and as you talked about uh, from Tunnel of Love, that um, I had someone say once tell me that you you need to have some you need to have your heart broken a couple of times before you get um, before you get uh, Tunnel of Love. And I think there's a yep. lot of truth to that. A lot of truth to that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And that was kind of part of what I talked about in there too. Like, you know, I got married relatively late, you know, 33. Yeah. Um, so it was, uh, you know, my wife and I, we'd both, you know, been out there and been around, like the song says, been around a time or two. Um, yeah. and, uh, you know, you finally get to a place where you find something that's, you know, what you're, what you're looking for. And, um, uh, so I think it's just, and that's why I love that album. You know, it's not, overly idealistic and it's, it's, it's grounded in, um, you know, real life and real yeah. possibilities, I think. So. Well, so far I am loving your list. Okay. What's next? <laughs> the next one's a little bit of a curveball, possibly. It's, <laughs> this is actually wound up being my wedding song. Um, and, uh, you know, I was, there's no, there was a little doubt, like I said in here that we were going to need a Bruce song, but, um, he doesn't really have wedding Songs. I mean, his music is very romantic in a lot of ways, but I don't know if he has 
songs that you would consider, you know, a traditional first dance wedding song. Um, but what what we arrived at and settled on was uh, "When You Need Me" from Tracks. Oh, nice. And um, and uh, I, I said in here that it might not be the perfect wedding song, but in my opinion, it's the perfect marriage song. And um, oh, you well know, said, sir. Yes. And um, that's kind of what I talked about in this in this section of what I wrote. Just that, um, you know, in marriage, you know, things are going to happen, and um, there's a lot of things that you can't really do anything about. You know, um, things that you just kind of need to go through and and suffer through together. And pretty much all you can do is, like it says in the song, you know, if you need me, I'll be there um, and be there for each other. So um, that's kind of kind of why we settled on that one. And I think it was, um, you know, I'm happy we did. I, I think it was a good choice. So Yeah, that's a that's great that. song. Um, yeah, that's really, really wonderful. Um, and I had not thought of that, but it is a great song to share so thank you all right yeah all right what do we got next dan all right so we get married to the kids come next right (laughs) so uh so number eight is uh living proof um and this is a song that i talked about in here i i uh i became you know aware of the song obviously in the early nineties. Um, you know, when even it was, it was, it was on a uh, lucky town when this, when this got released and long before, you know, I ever <laughs> was going to have kids or get married or anything like that. But it, it's really the, one of the first times I can remember, um, kind of understanding that, um, connection and that, that just that primal feeling that people talk about when they have kids, you know, and, and I kind of having older brothers and sisters and having a lot of younger nieces and nephews, um, I became an uncle for the first time when I was 10. So there was always a lot of little kids around me. Um, and, but it was just something that, you know, seemed like kind of a distant, you know, dream for, for myself. Um, but this song just kind of kicked it into gear at the time that this was something that I, that I wanted, you know, and that I eventually wanted to experience. And, um, so when I finally got that opportunity, um, it was, it was a little bit of a struggle, you know, even after we, I got married to, to my wife, Colleen, and we, you know, we, we had, we had a hard time at first and it took us a few years to finally get there. And, you know, we went through, you know, different steps and eventually IVF and all kinds of things. But, you know, I have three beautiful daughters now, but, um, but just that whole road, you know, it just was, uh, it was a long road to get there. And, um, I don't know. It's just something that I know you're a father. It's something you can't really understand um, until you experience, I guess. And, I, and to me, this song always captured that really well. So, yeah, um, it is a great song. Um, one of his great parent songs. Um, my favorite is "Long Time Coming." Just the Very whole, good one too. Yep. yeah. Just the whole idea, um, you know, the whole idea of, you know, if I had one wish in this godforsaken world, kids, to be that your yeah, mistakes that would be your own. I do um, love that line. Yeah, line. and then, um, and I don't, you know, I remember when he talked about, um, you know, I, I beneath, beneath your shirt, lay my hand across your belly, and feel another one kicking inside. 
and I ain't going to blank it up this time. You know, he said, yep. too much. <laughs> he said, you know, <laughs> he says it doesn't rhyme, but it was, I'm going to, not going to mess it up too much. So, yeah, yeah. yeah, that's, that's, that's a, yeah, um, Living Proof, just so, uh, a great song that shows the joy of becoming a, um, a father. So, uh, well done, well done, sir. All right, so thank you, thank you. what do we got next? So we got number two to go. Number nine is uh, Racing in the Street. And um, for me, like I, I mentioned, Darkness before. I mean, that album has always been a favorite of mine. Um, and this song has always been, you know, one of my favorites. Um, just a beautiful kind of hauntingly sad song to me, but one that I always... I mean, while I think it's sad, I always found some comfort in, in listening to it, too. It's just such a beautiful melody and um, just a great story that he tells in this song. Um, yeah. And the, the reason that I, that I arrived at it here, I think, you know, kind of sticking with uh, thinking about my with my kids. Uh, when uh, my first daughter was born, right around the time that The Promise came out, um, the box set for, for Darkness. And so Darkness kind of was fresh in my mind at the time. And I, I remember the the first night in the hospital that they, you know, they handed her to me and my wife was kind of getting a little bit of rest or whatever. And, you know, what am I going to do? I, I had to sing her a song. So this song just was popped in my head and I, and I sang it to my daughter. It was the first, you know, I sing to them every night now. Just about, it was the first song I ever sang to, to any of my kids. And, um, and, uh, I don't know. It's just a song that you feel, it makes me feel protective of them, you know, cause it's a song in the end about kind of, people who kind of don't really get what they want out of life, you know, and, um, and, uh, you know, you want the best for your kids. You want them to, to, you know, of course go on to do whatever they want and be happy. And so I don't know, it just makes me uh, kind of a, a, a kind of a strange connection to this song, I guess, in, in a lot of different ways. But, um, um I, I always so. thought it was Bruce's, um, version of a, um, Beach Boys car song. Um, okay. You know, you know because uh, 409, Little Deuce Coop, uh, shut you know, you know, shut him down. And then of course when he did Girls in Their Summer Clothes, I, I you know he truly did his version of a Beach Boy song. So yeah. Now, right. do you like the Promise version or the original version from Darkness? Yeah, I still, I still like the original. I mean, I, I, I like, you know, do. I like, yeah, I, uh, I like them, I like them both, but I, I mean, I, the original one, just that, you know, just the way it leads into that, you know, um, piano at the end and everything. It's yeah. just, yeah, there's, I don't, I don't think you can top that. <laughs> no, it is hard to do it. So. All right. And, yeah. um, if I did my counting right, I think you've got one left. Or is it two? One left. Okay. No, one left. So this is number 10. So like I said, we're going one to 10 here. So yeah. this is a song that, um, like I said in here, if you would have uh, told me 10 years ago that the song would have been my top 10 Bruce songs, I would have I would have had a good laugh about it. Because um, it's a song that really has nothing to do with me. Um, and I was, as I was kind of thinking about, as I was writing this thing, thinking about my life and kind of how Bruce you know, kind of understanding my life through Bruce's music. Um, you know, this song just popped in my head because of, um, and it really has nothing to do with me. Um, and it's, I'm going down. Okay. And, um, 
the reason that this song, you know, cracked the top 10 is uh, really just because it, it's my daughter's favorite song, all, all three of them. For some reason, Enough I don't really know why. There. There's, no, right? there's, there's, no, there's no explanation for it, but they have always loved this song uh, whenever it comes on, you know, um, and they always dance around to it and ask me to put it on in the car. Um, and um, the best memory I have of the song is kind of a, a secondhand one. My wife and uh, a neighbor of mine took uh took my daughters up to uh actually belmar new jersey which is where the e street band originated from um a few years ago and they uh you know just for a day trip to the beach and there was a guy with a guitar on the beach and of course my wife asked him to play bruce and, and he played this song and she sent me this video of them kind of dancing around to it and um so it's just you know it makes me makes me think of them at this point so it's uh I got outside my own head a little bit for the last song. And, and no, put this one in I, there. I think that's perfect. I think that, um, let's face it, we're all, you know, um, suckers for our kids and, and things. So I think that's a perfect way to end your list. Um, that's nice. Now, um, you've kind of given us a, a summary oh. of what you've talked about. So, sorry, I accidentally hit mute. Um, I think that's perfect. I think to share that about your children and, and your your daughters is great. Um, so, Dan, do you um, – you've kind of given us a brief summary of what you did, but you've really um, wrote a pretty long um, – almost a testimony. You know, you mentioned in your – um, your write-up that, well, hey, Bruce just did his autobiography, so maybe, you know, it's time for me to kind of do some personal reflection. Um, mm -hmm. I, I appreciate you taking time sharing it and having the courage to share. Uh, what are you thinking about doing with this uh, kind of essay? Uh, I don't really know. I mean, the, the, way that, uh, <laughs> the way that I wrote it um, originally um, – I just kind of wrote it with no real intention of really sharing it with anybody besides, you know, my family and some yeah. friends and, you know, kind of people who would understand what I was talking about. Um, I mean, they, they seem to like it and I got some, you know, good reaction to it. So, um, I don't know, like I said, if I, if I ever wanted to kind of get it out there to a wider audience, I would probably need to, you know, probably, provide some more backstory or just tweak it a little bit and you know so people who don't really know me personally could kind of get get it but well i mean the way it's written now i think yeah. you know pretty much any springsteen thing could get the spirit of it i think so well and i do think it's going to be nice that you have this for your daughters um when oh, they thanks. get older they'll have that and they'll kind of be able to see um their dad's perspective when they were younger um, I will share with you, Dan, I think it's really well done. And if you ever want me to like post it on the Set Lessing Bruce's, uh Facebook page, I'd be glad to. You know, if you decide to clean it up and you want to post it, you know, I'd be glad to share it with you, uh, to share it with my listeners. And because uh, I think they'd enjoy reading it because I, I, I know um, I, I will <clears> – I've been kind of scanning it as you've been telling the story and I – I look forward to sitting down with it and just really enjoying. And I appreciate your honesty and the amount of emotion in it. So well done, sir. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Yeah. Take your read through it and, you know, okay. 
Um, yeah, you can always share it with anybody, but um, okay. just any feedback would be appreciated. All right. So um, do you have any songs that you're chasing? Are there any wish list of songs <laughs> that you haven't heard him do live that you want to hear? Uh, well, there's always those, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> uh, yeah, one of uh, one of my favorite things, which I, I missed actually um, twice by a night, I think the last couple times, a few years ago when he was in Philly. I always loved to prove it all night with the intro, which he started to break out again a few years ago mm-hmm. um, with a guitar solo intro. And he played it at Citizens Bank Park. I was there the night before. Um, I think maybe a year or two before that, he played it at the Spectrum. I was there the night before. Most of the time when Bruce comes to Philly, I go pretty much every night, but not always. Sure. Um, and uh, so I never did get a chance to see that live. That was just... Uh, one of the first, like, um, that was pretty much the only bootleg album my brother had growing up was, uh, um, uh, Winterland from San Francisco. And, uh, there's a live version approved all night on there with the intro. And it was, that always kind of blew me away. So that's certainly something I would like to hear. Um, I've seen a lot of cool things, you know, like I said, Philly does get a lot of, uh, you know, um, <laughs> songs that, he, that, that come out of nowhere. Um, but, um, you know, speaking of Living Proof, I've never heard him play Living Proof live. Um, I've never um, heard him play, oh, I don't know. There's there's a lot of songs out there. I'm sure there's more. <laughs> but uh, it's, uh, it's, it's always, uh, he's, he's always full of surprises, though, that's for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Um, you know, one of the things that um, over a year ago, um, Jay Ferguson joined me on the podcast. He is a honors English teacher, and he every year teaches Thunder Road as a poem, and they compare it to Robert Frost, The Road Less Traveled. Okay. And it, it's a wonderful episode. It's in my archives. Um, he talks a lot about the imagery of the song. But at the very end, he asks his students, and so um, he asked me, and I now tend to try to ask my guests, um, uh-huh. does Mary get in the car? <laughs> well, I would have to say yes. I, that's funny you said that. I mean, I'm, I'm an English teacher myself. So, uh-huh. um, and, uh, yeah, she, she gets in. She gets in, <laughs> I would say, absolutely. Um, you know, she's uh, – I would think that any any Bruce fan who – um, you know, really gets the spirit of what he's doing. I mean, I think we're mostly we're optimists by nature. <laughs> um, yeah, I yeah. absolutely am an optimist. Um, what was interesting, and Jay doesn't think she does. He thinks that really? he thinks she's too afraid. He okay. um, his point is she can't. You. You have to take that risk. You have to get off the porch to the front seat. Mm-hmm. And he believes that the uh, character ends up um, leaving because she won't make that decision. And it makes right. him like the song more um, that even though he put it all out there, um, she wasn't enough to feist her fears. Um, I'm like oh, yeah. you. Uh, you know, I tend to think yes, um, and they may have struggled and had problems, but ultimately they went through the ride together. 
So very nice. I don't know if you want to take it if you take it literally too, because Bruce has has sung the last line in different ways. I mean, on the album, of, of course, it's I'm pulling out of here to win, um, and a lot of live versions, um, the acoustic live version particularly it's we're pulling out of here to win (laughs) yes in fact we had that very discussion i said you know of course she got in he says we're pulling out the wind he goes on the album lyrics it's i'm pulling out of here to win so yeah i I wonder if that reflects kind of his mood at the time (laughs) yeah i think so yeah um this has been great dan i'm so glad you joined me i appreciate it any final thoughts you want to share with our listeners um no, I mean, I think I covered, I think I talked about myself enough. That's for sure. No, no, no. So, I, <laughs> you know, the idea is to share your Springsteen journey, and you did an absolutely beautiful job on that. Um, thank if, you, thank you. If someone wants to reach out to you, how can they? Um, well, Twitter is, you know, how I uh, became aware of this in the first place. So just yeah. Twitter is at uh, Malandan, M-A-L-L-O-N-D-A-N. Okay. Um, and then... Uh, However, if they want, I mean, if you email or, you know. Yeah, no, Twitter um, is perfect. Um, Okay. If you want to be on the podcast, then share your Springsteen story. Maybe you want to share your top ten songs. Um, Reach out to me. Uh, We have an email address, setlustingbruce at gmail.com. We are on Twitter at jessejacksondfw as well as at setlustingbruce. Um, if you have time, please go to iTunes to rate and review the podcast. It truly does make a big difference in how people find us. Um, Dan, thank you. I appreciate it. Um, you know, enjoy your off season of happiness and, uh, we'll have to harass each other come football season on Twitter. Good naturedly. Uh, so, uh, yeah, uh, I appreciate it. Um, I'm going to end with, well, now on a summer night, oh, in a dusky room, came a little piece of the Lord's undying light, crying like he swallowed the fiery moon. In his mother's arms, it was all the beauty I could take, like the missing words to some prayer that I could never make. Oh, in a world so hard and dirty, so fouled and confused, searching for a little bit of God's mercy, I found living proof. Thank you, Dan. Thank you, listeners. Wow. Thanks, Jesse. Station. I push my way through the heart of the crowd. I shove my way through the heart of the crowd. Pass the slide saying this is not out of where someone's standing straight and shouting out loud. And to the jailhouse door. Transmitting from the gallows floor. If you're sick, 